Have you caught my free masterclass, Write Your Novel or Memoir in Three Months Without Killing or Embarrassing Yourself? Because you can watch it right now by going to maryadkinswriter.com forward slash masterclass. It takes an hour and you will love it. I promise. maryadkinswriter.com forward slash masterclass. I hope you love it. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome to the First Draft Club, a podcast to help you write your book with joy, clarity, and maybe a few coffee stains. If you're working on a novel or a memoir, whether you haven't written creatively since seventh grade English or you have an MFA in creative writing, this podcast is for you. I'm here to help you fight through resistance and finish your draft. Today, we are talking about second acts. Rumor holds that Steven Spielberg once said third acts are a bitch, excuse my French, but I actually think second acts are harder. So to kick us off, I'm going to continue my story from last week about my first year of law school. If you haven't listened to the last two episodes, please go do that now because you want to understand both the three-act structure as a whole and how I encourage you to think about it and act one, the last episode, before you try to understand act two. Also, because the story I'm telling here isn't going to make sense unless you've heard the beginning of it. I'm picking up in the middle of it on purpose. So go back and listen to my episode on the three-act structure overall and on act ones before you come and, and resume listening to this one. All right. Okay. So let's continue the law school story. After the conversation with my aunt, who is a lawyer who tried to make me feel better about about being in law school and not feeling smart enough to be there, I I had a moment where I thought, okay, Mary, you know what? It's time to get your act together. I had found that in college, I did better in class when I didn't use my computer. I, I went to college at a time where people, we, we had laptops, but it wasn't as common as it is now for you to take your laptop to class, at least not until my senior year. But by my senior year, everybody was really doing it. And I found that when I didn't do it, I just wrote my notes by hand. I, I paid attention better, which meant I understood better, which meant I felt more confident. And so I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to use that tactic now. It worked in college. Maybe it'll work in law school. So I put away my computer in class so I could stop hiding behind it, essentially, you know, and metaphorically. And I, I moved to sit in the front row of my classes where I didn't have to look out over a sea of heads belonging to people who intimidated me intellectually. So I'm, I'm now sitting in the front row of my classes and I'm writing in a notebook and I feel, you know, I'm only a couple of feet from the professor and I, I can really pay attention. I feel like my professors are speaking more directly to me because I'm so close and I'm, I'm taking notes by hand. Because in law school, we didn't have grades really other than our final exams. I didn't have an official way to know if this was working kind of quote unquote working, but I felt like it was. It was easier to follow. It was easier to grasp concepts. And I wasn't as distracted by like my friends IMing me during class because I didn't have my computer open. 
So just like it had worked in college, it felt like it was working in law school. Since the material made more sense, I started to get more confident. And by the end of the semester, my confidence had not, it wasn't where it was before law school, I would say, but it, it was certainly not in, in the low place it had been at the beginning of the semester. And by exam week, I was actually feeling pretty optimistic. Um, I, you know, I didn't think I was going to completely ace my exams, but I felt capable of taking them and felt like I was going to pass. Let's pause the story here. So what has just happened in this phase of the story? What has happened structurally is we have entered Act 2. To remind you of the simple breakdown of Act 2, it is, I think I know how to solve it. So our really simple breakdown of the three acts was Act 1, I have a problem. Act 2, I think I know how to solve it. Act 3, I was wrong. In the law school story, I'm trying to solve the problem. And the reason you're continuing to listen, well, besides wanting to know about the 3X structure. But if you were listening to me tell this story, I imagine the reason you would you would continue to listen without just being polite is because you know something more is coming. There is going to be a twist of some sort. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling the story. But we're not at that twist yet. Let's return to our contemporary example novels and assess their act twos. Last week, I reminded you, if you've read it and told you if you haven't, that in Act 1 of Little Fires Everywhere by Celesting, we learn that a baby is missing. At the beginning of Act 2 of that novel, one of the main characters tells the mother of the missing baby that she thinks she knows where the baby is. Okay? In other words, a potential solution has been introduced. A potential solution to the problem has been introduced into the narrative. And this is a complicated solution because the baby that uh, this character thinks is the baby that they're looking for has been adopted by another family. Okay, not an easy solution, but at least a step in the direction of what they think may be a solution. In Act One of The Vanishing Half, by Britt Bennett, we learned that the protagonist's twin sister is missing and has been for a while. At the beginning of Act 2 of The Vanishing Half, this character sets out to find her sister. In other words, she thinks she knows how to solve the problem. She's going to find her sister. Here's a fun exercise you can do. Take a movie that you love from any era and find the 30% mark of the film. Since math doesn't tend to be a strong point for us writers, I will spell this out clearly how you do this. Take the length of the movie, okay, and multiply it by 0.3. So if the movie is an hour and 44 minutes, you need to take 104 minutes. That's 60 minutes in the first hour and 44 minutes in the second. So uh, 104 minutes and multiply by 0.3. That's going to give you 31 minutes. So go to the 31 minute mark of the movie and notice what's happening at that exact moment. Is it a turning point? I am guessing it is in some way. And if you're wondering why I'm not saying 33% and where I'm, which is technically exactly a third and why I'm saying 30%, I don't know why. I was just told this by a, by a film buff and screenwriter a while back that it's actually the 30% mark and not the 33% mark. I'm not entirely sure why, but 
you know, suffice it to say, it's the end of the, the first act and beginning of the second. So if you do this exercise with a movie, I think it's, I've, I've done this and it's super interesting. I think you're going to notice that a turning point is happening in some way. There, There is, and you, you can almost certainly characterize it as some kind of solution is being tested. Um, you know, perhaps someone has just decided to try something new. Like, that's it. I'm moving to Canada. Perhaps two people have just met who we hope are going to fall in love. Like, oh, good. Maybe they'll fall in love and then they'll be happy. Um, but whatever it is, act one has introduced some kind of problem. And by the end of it, we are, and, and the beginning of act two, we are embarking on an attempt to solve that problem. And that is how act two begins. Now, how do you write an act two? Again, I have one word for you because I'm huge fan of simplicity these days. Authentically. That is how you write an act two. Authentically. Here's what I mean. Your character is trying to solve a problem, right? And even though, as the author, you know that they're going to fail because that's what makes it a story, you have to suspend that knowledge while you're writing. You have to genuinely allow the character to try to solve this problem. Not fake try to solve it, but genuinely try to solve it. And in order to do that, you also have to try to solve the problem as the author using the tactic that the character has chosen. Your heart has to be in it too. Otherwise, it's going to feel contrived to the reader because it will be contrived on your part. Here's the good news. Yes, this can be a little hard emotionally to show up sometimes, but once you make the decision to do it, it is actually so much easier than trying to plot out your story by playing God. As in, by planning out exactly what's going to happen and keeping all of your characters at an arm's distance emotionally and just putting them through the motions. I've done it both ways, and trust me, it is so much easier to surrender to a genuine exploration of how to solve the problem you've created than to try to just map it out intellectually and create a narrative around it without investing yourself in in these characters finding a solution. You have to bring your whole heart to it, yes, but also you just have to bring your whole heart to it. It's everything and everything. If your character believes hard work will get her there, really invest in that belief. Really try to make it work for her. Sincerely attempt to solve her problem by using hard work. If you approach it this way, it'll make your story so much better and it'll make it so much more interesting for you as you write as well. You will have more fun. It's scarier because what if you, what if, what if hard work does solve her problem? (laughs) What if you, what if you attempt it so well on her behalf that it has solved her problem? Where does that leave you? You know where it leaves you? At a really interesting place in the narrative. Because now, You both have to find out what's on the other side. So in sum, act two is about trying to solve a problem and you write it by sincerely investing in your character's attempted solution. Don't fake it. Show up like a good friend who is rallying and ready to jump in when necessary. Not like a friend who's got one foot out the door and an eye on the clock. Okay? 
Next week, we are talking about the third and final act, act three. Can't wait to talk about that then. Have a great week. Happy writing. Thanks for listening to the First Draft Club. Subscribe and leave a review and I will adore you forever. And if you want to submit your own questions and attend these sessions live, you can join our community of authors by going to maryadkinswriter.com. That's Adkins with a D, like donut. And if you want to attend my free masterclass on how to finish your book in five simple steps, just go to maryadkinswriter.com slash masterclass. That's maryadkinswriter.com slash masterclass, and you can watch it instantly. Happy writing. See you next week.